Courtside Indiana podcast brought to you by Box Out Sports. Box Out Sports is a leading online graphic solution giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes during a season. You can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. Courtside Indiana podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well as SoundCloud. You can subscribe via each of those apps and have them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. We would appreciate a rating as well as a review on either of those apps. Welcome to episode 68 of Courtside Indiana Podcast. Jim Reamer joined as always by Zach or with Zach Tyler. Zach, how was your week? Good week again. Uh, soccer's going strong. Uh, should wrap up. <laughs> Should wrap up with the the travel soccer here this weekend or next. Uh, then I'll hopefully get to some AU stuff finally, so I can see nice. some of these guys. Nice, absolutely, yeah. That's um, I'm telling you, man. Kids, put them on eBay. I don't know, no, but <laughs> yeah, girls soccer that age is kind of like herding cats, isn't it? Uh, her. What we're doing now is a little less, little less uh, than herding cats. So we're getting, we're working up to the point of not herding cats. Oh, good. We're, All right, we're getting better. Yeah. So they understand spacing and. Yep, that's through balls, yep. through balls, and. Yep, have to work on that terminology a lot too, but they're nice. getting there. All right, well, I played a little soccer when I was young because I was too afraid to play football. Basically, that's how that worked <laughs> out. So. There you go. Uh, let's let's hop into recruiting. It's I mean this is going to be a short one today. Um, I did get a chance to see some games this week, but not a, not a ton. Uh, I think we're going to talk a little bit about some incoming seniors, and of course, one of whom is committed this week. And then we're going to talk um, about a couple of a uh, couple of juniors that I that I were pretty impressive this week, and then and maybe one kid to keep an eye on. So, uh, so go ahead with um, with the recruiting, and we'll touch on some of that stuff. Yeah, some of these we may have mentioned last week. I I can't really remember offhand who exactly but uh sean black got an offer from iowa western uh, xavier booker a two-lane offer uh jackson edwards also from cathedral booker is from cathedral as well he got an iupui offer uh connor asijan with a belmont offer i think that'd be a really good fit for him uh jalen hooks crispus addicts uh got a two-lane offer as well with booker both of those guys are 2023 guys uh, Ahmad Gerard from Fortville, Mount Vernon, got a Coastal Carolina offer. Uh, Matt Spears, <clears throat> 2022, also got a, a two-lane offer. He's from Arsenal Tech. Uh, Jalen Washington got a handful of offers. North Carolina, Ohio State, Penn State, and Oklahoma. Uh, we also had Braden Smith with a Purdue offer, and then he went ahead and took that offer and committed this week as well. Uh, Deshaun Burnett from Andran up here. He's committed to Indiana South Bend, IUSB. And then Noah Harris from Noblesville committed to Indiana Kokomo or IU Kokomo. And there's a lot of Noblesville to, to Kokomo going on this, yeah. this week, right? And there was there was one more we didn't have here. Uh, Landon Hacker from uh, oh, yeah. Center, Center Grove is going to Bellarmine. Uh, Bellarmine or? Yep. Holy Cross. I thought it said Holy Cross. Nope. He's maybe I read some, well, maybe I just read the name of the team and didn't pay attention to the, the actual school. So, um, 
Yeah, so my battle. Yeah, a lot of a lot of Noblesville to Kokomo going on this weekend. I mean, we're not exactly breaking this because this won't be published until tomorrow, and it's already on social media. Uh, Kokomo got a new high school coach today. We we don't do a lot of coaching changes, but but uh, it's just funny that Noah Harris has committed to IU Kokomo, and John Peckinpah today took the Kokomo job. So going from coaching Noah at Noblesville to uh, coaching in the same high school or the same city as the as his new high school job. So, um, yeah, I don't know why that was even relevant other than the fact that uh, <laughs> geographic, geographically relevant, I guess. But I want to go back to Jackson Edwards, the IUPUI offer. Uh, to me, he's th- this is a good fit for him. I mean, I know he's not committed yet, but th- this level, he, he's a low – he's definitely a low Division One guy who has – I think he's a low major plus just from this standpoint. I think defensively, he 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 really can play above that level defensively, and I think that he rebounds his position well, and I think there's a lot of offensive development that can come his way, and that, that'll be a kid that um, <laughs> you hate to say it, but in this climate, because as much as I hate transferring, that'll be a kid that will, you know, after two after a couple of years you could see him transferring up a little bit just because his defense is, is a, it's pretty close to high major and offensively it, it's coming. He, he, there were games this past year where he was aggressive with his shot and he, he shot the ball. Well, there were other games where he completely disappeared, you know, and, and, you know, I can think of those games, especially the Burbuff game where he was, he got to such a strong start and helped helped to give them an early, a big early lead. And then you think of other games um, where just there were times where he just was inconsistent and would disappear. But but defensively, he was always good and he, he can guard multiple positions. And I, I you know, I know that Eastern Illinois is, is going to take a good hard look at him. And and I here comes IUPUI and with an offer. And I think that's just a great level for him. And uh, I think we're going to start seeing some more of that. So. Uh, Tulane coming in with three offers, right? Um, yeah. This, this week, Booker, Hooks, and and then Matt Spears. I think that's his first Division One offer. The six-seven, kind of a skilled forward from from Arsenal Tech, who who I think if he gets to a level where he can be a combo forward, he's that's where he's best suited. I think as he gets any higher than that, he's kind of a tweener. Uh, but I love his game at six-seven. He shoots the ball pretty well. And that part of his game is improving. Um, you know, there's times at Tech's where at Tech where he posts. It's not a strong suit, but his just his overall development is trending upward as far as his um, ability to face the basket, stretch the floor, and of course Jalen Washington pulling a blue chip, a blue chip offer, I guess, if we're you know North Carolina, and and then you throw yeah, in also Ohio State, Penn State, and Oklahoma. Um. I don't know. I guess I still look at North Carolina, Duke, Indiana, um, Kentucky, UCLA, yeah. Can- Kansas. Yeah. As kind of special. Um, yep. I think Louisville can kind of slide in and out of there. And then I think Ohio State at times has been at that level. Um, Micah Shrewsbury coming in. And it's, it's funny because we're going to talk about his kid a little bit later. Micah Shrewsbury coming in with, with a Penn State offer. Um, starting to dip his toe into Indiana. We were joking last week that we were, we were it was funny that he, 
he wasn't the first offer to his son, Braden. Um, but he, here he is getting involved in Indiana, which was, you know, naturally going to happen. So, so it's been, it was a good week for Jalen Washington. So anything else there on that list stand out other than, other than the Braden Smith commitment, which we can discuss here? Uh, probably not really standing out. Um, like I said, uh, Connor Siege, and I really like that Belmont offer. I feel like he'd fit in really well down there. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of his thing where he could just thrive and, and come in and probably help right away just shooting the ball. And I, I don't want to lock him in on that level, but I just feel like that'd be, that'd be really good for him to be that Belmont. Well, it's, it's a – look, there, it's a, it's a mid-major league. Um, I guess sometimes it's a little lower down the list from a conference RPI, but, but Belmont's always at the top of that league. So when you get a, right. when you get a situation, it's like the way Butler was before they started moving up into the A-10 and, 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 and eventually into the Big East. But when you're in a one-bid league and you're constantly in the top, you know, you're constantly in the, in the, in the top tier of that league, you're, you're definitely, you know, fighting for a tournament bid every year and borderline even automatic bid not automatic right. bid, but borderline right. at large bid my fault you, you're at that point you're a strong mid-major that's that's the way butler was in the tail end of their time in the horizon league and that's exactly where belmont is um, so and i may even have their conference a little underrated a little bit i just can't remember where they are rpi wise so right we surprised that Braden smith committed so soon <laughs> I mean, I think so. Uh, it's tough, but I mean, at this time, also, you don't know what's going to happen. All those dudes going to be sitting around in the transfer portal, and <laughs> it's just pulling the trigger. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I talked to a head coach today, um, a MAC head coach, and he basically said they they had five scholarships to give for this class or for this recruiting class, and they. They wanted to go three high school kids and two transfers. And they were, they were talking about this in the fall, he said. And that's exactly how it played out. They got three high school kids. I think they got even all three of them to sign early. I can't remember what he said. Um, but now he wishes he had another scholarship for a yeah. transfer portal kid. And, you know, he doesn't like the rule. I don't know that I've talked to any coaches that like the rule. And it's not just because they're – against players having freedom. Um, look, there's just a roster certainty that you like to deal with. And, and regardless of what anybody says, says about coaches moving on without recourse and without having to sit out a year, the bottom line is, is they have a contract and they have to live up to the terms of those contracts. And, and these kids, when they commit to a school, obviously the rules have changed, but these kids, when they committed to a school, they agreed to a certain set of rules as well. And they, they knew that going in. None of this was a surprise. So people talk about exploitation. People talk about kids are taking it. I mean, none of, the, none of it was a surprise. They just chose to overlook it because they were getting a scholarship. And, yeah. and so, there, but it does create a lot of, I don't want to go too far down that tangent, but it does create a lot of roster uncertainty. And regardless of what you think about freedom of movement, it's hurting the high school kid is what it's doing. That's ultimately what's going to happen. Um, Coaches are going to opt for more impact players uh, for, for guys that can come in and give an immediate impact. And yep. especially the good teams, the, the good teams that 
are one or two guys, maybe one guy away, are going to probably save two roster spots for for uh, portal guys. And if they lose guys to the portal, they'll probably allocate those um, to, to more transfer guys. And if they can't get the guys they want out of transfer, then they're going to get desperate and, and go for guys that go for high school kids. And then they're going to take kids that I like to call, they're not Mr. Right, but they're Mr. Right now. And we've yeah. always joke about so many times these kids that commit late in the spring are your next batch of transfers. I think that's just going to, in the early going of this rule, that's what we're going to see. And it's just, I think ultimately it's going to hurt, hurt the, high, the incoming college kids, the outgoing high school kids. And that's not good from where we're sitting at least. So even if Zach, even if you don't agree with all of that, even if somebody doesn't agree with all of that, it's, there's going to be kids that lose opportunities because colleges are going to want an immediate impact guy. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and none of these parents think it's that they have these, you know, the studs like Jalen Washington are going to be recruited. It's the next level guys and lower that will be, will be impacted the most. And, you know, it's supply and demand as the, the, the curve has shifted. And I don't know that a lot of people put a lot of thought into it. They just think it's cool that kids can now transfer and all that. That's, that's super, but, but it's going to have an impact in recruiting. And from where I sit, my points of emphasis and what I'm interested in, um, it's not good. It's not good for the high school guys. So, yeah. And that's um, stuff we talked about early on too, is that, well, why is so-and-so player not getting all this attention they should be getting and blah, blah, blah. Well, this is exactly why, because of the recruiting, uh, because of the, I'm sorry, the transfer portal now and because of the free year that the kids are getting also. I mean, yeah. all these 2021s are basically not getting any offers now. They're going to have to go either the JUCO route or the prep route if they want to continue playing. Then that sets all the 2022s up to have that much more or that many more players to go against. You have three to 4,000 kids now going for the, the 1500 offers that are going to be out there. So it's going to be, it's going to be crazy again next year. Yeah. And you'll see some junior colleges snag some kids that are eligible um, that, that can then, I mean, they, at that point they lose a year of eligibility because they'll be, they'll be playing in college, but right. But you'll see some kids go the junior college route that are academically eligible just because they don't have, they can't afford it otherwise, you know, or they just flat out want to get re-recruited for the sake of being re-recruited. So, um, yeah, I don't, you know, look, I got no, look, Braden Smith to me has grown into being, being a high major player. I was surprised he committed that quickly. Um, I'm not, I know which direct, I know what phone calls were being made, at least to me. And it's, it's not a lot because I don't have a direct connection to him. I'm friends with his father and, and certainly, you know, friends with the kid. I mean, he's, He's a local kid to me. He's a Westfield kid. So I see him quite a bit. Uh, it's, a, it's a good family, but I don't, you know, they didn't have, they weren't going to have the need to be desperate. You know, a lot of people, especially some IU fans are like, oh, he was desperate. He took the first offer he got. And I don't think it was that. I do think because somebody said he checks a lot of boxes. And for a kid like that, you know, for as, as unselfish he is and as much as good as his vision is, um, you know, playing in a playing for Matt Painter's a no brainer, and um, you know, if it, look, 
go ahead. We've talked about it on this show before. I mean, how how good would it be if Braden Smith could play with a, a good big? I mean, yeah. what does Matt Painter always bring in? <laughs> Matt Painter always brings in good bigs. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we just talk Caleb first. So it's like this is good. This is prime for him. It seems like. Yeah, I would. He's going to thrive with with the big guy. I mean, he's going to look. He's going to have some struggles with size. He's going to face some length and some size that he doesn't face on a regular basis. I mean, he certainly sees some of it in, in AAU action. Um, you know, there's going to be some six four, six three point guard in the Big Ten that, that gives him fits, and that's fine. But he's not going to go out there and 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 melt. And what he's going to do is he's going to have that extra layer of of options just because of the size he's going to be able to play with. So um, even though obviously the other team's going to have size too. So um, anything stand out before we move on to the Bosco prep situation? Uh, I don't think so. I think we covered the recruiting stuff pretty well there. Right, well, tell us what's going on with Bosco and you probably have more insight on that. I, hell, I wasn't even aware they were moving into undergrad stuff. Yeah. And I wasn't either. Um, I, I'm not sure how, how new it is, but, but uh, Bosco snatched up a couple kids from the region over there where Bosco is. Uh, they've got 6'10", Jack Mahoney from Lake, uh, Lake Central High School. Yep. These are both 2022s. And then uh, a bigger one for them was 6'9", Landon Babuziak from Hanover Central. Yep. Now, Babuziak's case, their coach left. Coach left, yep. He went to Portage. Yeah, so that's – that could be a big that could be a big factor in that decision. Plus, you know they they weren't as good this year as they were, right? You know when they had the they had the guards that have since yeah. transferred or not yeah. transferred. I'm sorry, graduated. Graduated. God, transfers on my brain. <laughs> uh, but you know he's a kid that you know he's the opportunity for him to play with another big. Maybe I don't know what you know if Mahoney goes in there and you know, how that works, if they're, you know, what the rest of the roster is going to look like. But this is a little bit more – and, again, I hate to disparage the situation that I've not witnessed, but this is a little bit more legitimate than the Elevate Prep situation because this is Bosco already being a prep school and just deciding they're going to go ahead and have an undergrad team. Right. I, I'm still not in favor of it. <laughs> um, still not in favor of – still not a big fan of prep schools. Um, but you know these guys have done a great job at the as the post grad level, and I don't, you know, presumably, especially athletically, they would do a good job. I would assume they would do a continue to do a good job athletically. So, and I have no no clue how the elevate prep thing went this year. Um, well, we, it was always hard to find a schedule for them, correct? Yeah, I, I mean, I got to see him that the one game against uh, Blackhawk, Blackhawk Christian. Yeah. I mean, Babuziak can be in a situation where he gets to play against bigger competition and maybe even play with bigger teammates that will help right. him develop. Definitely. Um, he's got a skill set that I would imagine a lot of people haven't seen yet. And I don't, I don't fully know how much of that translates just yet to, to against more competition. He's a guy that I'm looking forward to seeing play. I just haven't seen the Indiana Elite 2022 team play yet. Uh, where I've had chances to see other teams. And that's something hopefully I'll get a chance to take care of this weekend since the team I'm coaching is not playing. That give me some more free time. So, but we, we both have been a Babuziak fan. And I like Mahoney. Yeah. He's, he's, he's not as mobile. 
he's definitely more of a back to basket player who has developing a little bit of a shot, but, but still at that point, he would be sort of a catch and shoot guy or, or post up guy and and not a whole lot in between. Um, Even though he's, he has work to improve his body. So see how it goes. Um, Yeah, definitely. I don't like I don't like seeing talent leave the HSA or our, you know, our normal high school teams. So um, some guys I got, I got a chance to see this weekend. I mean, I got to see some more basketball this weekend than the past couple weekends, but the, the three kids, well, the two kids, Jalen Washington and, and Leland, Leland Walker. Those are two kids that I, I watched a little bit this week. And, you know, Jalen is, his ability to put the ball on the floor that that he's showing that he's shown a little bit this summer. I love that it it shows that maybe he's back physically, maybe even more so than what he was during the school season. I mean, certainly he's had more time to to continue to get more distance away from his ACL tear. Um, the one thing we talked today a little bit about him on a on a, the the Indiana Rivals podcast that I do on Monday mornings. It'll be interesting to see how much of his ability to drive, put the ball on the floor, translates at the high school level and then also as well as translates to the college level. Um, he's a good outside shooter, so you can't just leave him alone. Um, I just got a text about the Noblesville job now, wanting to know, uh-huh. wanting to know what they're looking for and all that. But um, That'll be a hot commodity. It will be, and you know, tough look, section, John. Tough sectional, yeah, the hot commodity. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it is a tough sectional, and John's wife is the head girls coach at Kokomo. So this is it's not exactly, even though he was only at Noblesville for two years and really looked forward to staying there for a long time. He, um, it, it's got to be easier to just have both of them going to the same place instead of somebody having to commute. So, um. But back to back to Washington. Yeah, I heard he lives in Kokomo too. Is that correct? He does. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, Washington. You know the game at Southport they played uh, with the tip-off classic. He he was really impressive with his jump shot, and that was the part of the game that I didn't wasn't fully sure of of that's you know that he could do that, but. clearly showed that game that he did. He hit four threes in the first half and looked good doing it. It didn't, it looked natural coming off of his hand. When they, when they played Carmel during the semi-state, I felt like the more he played on the perimeter, the better Carmel would be, the better off Carmel would be. And, and I think that played out the way I thought it would. Um, you know, and then you see guys like Krishan Christmas and Perry and Roberson who were able to get to the rim and their strength versus their, their, Carmel defender um, gave them an advantage. And I thought, you know, at that point they were, they sort of found that they figured it out. They sort of broke the code that if they can get some of those, even some of those guys that are a little bit longer, maybe around the rim, their strength would, would carry through. And Washington doesn't have, didn't have that type of a strength advantage just yet. I mean, he's coming along and again, he's, he, he probably gets healthier every day. But he was impressive this past weekend, especially with one game I watched. And and someone said, as as, as good as he looks, you know, how is this guy not a one and done kid? And 
I don't know. I don't know about that yet. Yeah, wow. I, I do like. Uh huh. I said, yeah, wow. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's look. He's six ten. He can shoot. He can stretch the floor. He can put the ball on the floor. And and how much of that looks good when you're you're playing teams that don't scout and probably don't prepare defensively. Not that they're not good defensively, but there's still there's a difference between being a, a good summer defensive team and a good school defensive team that right. you know that's constantly communicating, talking on the same page. Um, he looked good in more space, and obviously in a school situation where he's definitely the top guy on the scouting report on teams against teams that prepare for him. Uh, I'll be looking forward to seeing how that translates. And of course, he could just he could also just solve a lot of that by by also being a bigger presence in the low post where to his credit, he's not been shy. I mean, it's not like he avoids it. It's just not something again, in key moments this past year where he just went down and tried to bury people. And I think as he gets stronger, that can be part of his game too. So anxious to see how he develops. I, I think all these offers that he's getting are absolutely warranted. And, and I, you know, I don't think he's going to spend four years in college. <laughs> um, I don't know yet about one and done, but, but, um, Lila Walker, um, again, the, as, as his shot improves, his prospects will improve. He's a guy that more and more you can't go underneath ball screens on. And with his quickness, his athleticism, um, he's really starting to answer some questions on how consistent of a shooter he can be. Um, not a guy yet who you bring off the of screens. I'm not sure how often they bring him off the of screens in the summer or even the North Central off of off ball screening. Um, so he's completely reliant on scoring, you know, with the ball. Um, but I, I, I like the direction his shot is going. I mean, I, I liked it the last couple of years, but uh, he's, he's continually, he's shown improvement again. Haven't, you know, having not seen him since probably what mid February, this was the first chance I really got to see him play. That wasn't on video and he looked awfully good. So that was that was much of what I saw this week. Um, I, I did like um, continue to like Joey Brown at North Central. Um, he'll be a much bigger he'll have a much bigger role for them next year. And also uh, Jaden Pinkston from Tinley. Those those are the two other kids that I saw this weekend that I, I think really um, just continue to be aggressive and continue to have an improving you know, more consistent motor especially on the defensive end of the floor where in Pinkston's case, he has a chance to be a lockdown defender and he's, he's extremely physical, extremely athletic. And I, I really like watching him play. So for him, it'll be about his jump shot. It'll be how consistent can that thing be? So, well, that's it. That's my report from the run and slam this week. We, that's where we play. That's where I got a chance to see some games this week. We're going to be at the Adidas May classic and hopefully get a chance to see a bunch of these guys and, We'll have three or four guys. Are you got one more week of soccer? Or are you going to be able to get out this week? No, I, I won't be able to get out this week, unfortunately. Okay. But hope, hopefully a week or two after that. Well, hopefully Chris will be able to get out, and I'll be there, and, and we'll, we'll get we'll get um, multiple eyes. And if there's another event nearby that I'm not – that I'm blanking out on, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get over there too. But, but it looks like the teams that are playing next weekend in-state will be there at the May Classic. So looking forward to that. So – Anything else catch your eye this week before we get into our reads? Uh, no, I, anything I see on Twitter or anything is a lot of the a lot of the normal names that we heard about most of the season, actually. 
haven't really yeah. had any, any names pop off or anything. I guess the one thing this this isn't Pete Suter broke his leg last weekend in Kansas City. Oh man, so he's gonna yeah, he's gonna be out. They're talking like three to four months for him. Wow. Um, so that's a big that's a big development for Carmel. That's a big development for June. And in, in as good as that sophomore, as good as their sophomore class is, that's that's going to be an opportunity for some kids to step up. And I mean, assuming Pete will be able to come back full strength, and that could be one of those weird blessing things where you're going to get guys that have added experience in June and uh, get a chance to develop some confidence heading into the fall and heading into the school year. But but I don't know how bad of an injury it is other than just I was given a timetable. So, um, you know, I don't even know which leg if it is, you know, which leg it is, if it's his right leg or left leg. Hopefully it's his right leg. <laughs> it's, you know, hopefully it's not his takeoff leg, but um, – but um, yeah, it was bad. I don't. I, from what I understand, it was hurt like in the final minute of their last game in Kansas City. Uh, so that's not good. So yeah. But some of that stuff's so unavoidable. The only way you can avoid injury is just not play. I mean, that's right. You know, we, there's a lot of stuff that gets made about. Um, you know, we complain about kids not playing as much as they used to, but they do. They just play more structured games than what we used to. We used to play but on the asphalt for three, four hours a day back when we were that age. So, all right, man. Well, what, tell us about box out sports. Yeah. Box out sports is leading online graphic solution, giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes during the season. You can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. And as always, that is for most sports, not just basketball. You can do football, baseball, volleyball, Check it out. Courts at Indiana Podcast is on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well as SoundCloud. You can subscribe via each of those apps and have them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. And as always, we, we'd appreciate a review and a rating. And again, if you get a chance, we'd like to have you DM us on Twitter at CourtsideIND. Again, that's CourtsideIND. Any ideas for... Um, topics to you know to talk about during the offseason one of them was already dm to us about maybe reviewing who some of the best shooters are in each class and that's certainly something we're going to do um, that's a great idea and we'll uh, we'll look forward to doing that so zach what do you got coming up this week besides oh, you girls probably, soccer don't say girls soccer. Guess, oh, oh. <laughs> uh no, i'm not sure what else is going on this week try it's cooling down <laughs> up here again 50 down to 55 really? yeah well, I got a week off, so no practice, no games. That's nice. Of course, I'll be in the gym all weekend watching games, but that's, but that's effectively a week off. So, for those that listen every week, we appreciate it, and for those that listen for the first time this week, hopefully you'll come back. Zach, appreciate uh, appreciate your time as always. Sure. And everybody else, thanks a lot. See you next week. Bye.